All right. Drinking some tea? I want coffee. Mm. I haven't had coffee in months, dude. Like, I'm I'm afraid now. If I were to drink a cup of coffee, I'm sure, like, I would just sh my fucking intestines out. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Should we, should we start and just go? Adventure Guys! Alright, welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I am Nick the Human. And uh, it's great to talk to you guys again. I hope you had a good week since we last talked. Um, I think Eric and I, I'm going to speak for Eric and just say our week was okay. How does that <laughs> check out for you, Eric? Very, very bold presumption I there, know. Nick. <laughs> was it good? Was it bad? Tell me. Tell us. I was fine. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> It was that kind of week. I don't know. It's just in the ether. Um, but I, I think there's better weeks to come. You know? Sure. There always is. There always is. There always is. Probably That's, worse weeks as well. Yeah, I'd say so. But let's focus on the good weeks to come. <laughs> I'm going to light some sandalwood just to get the, just to pick up the vibe. Whoa, knock my mic. <laughs> to pick up the vibe in this, in this room. Um, I've got some cedar. Oh, you got cedar. I can, is that I good for is. burning? Uh, my sister just gave me a bunch of stuff that she didn't like. My sister is not into witchcraft, but she's into like the spiritual new agey kind of stuff, which oh. I don't like. I, I'm like of the mind that if you're going to study the mystical arts, you have to go full occult and not get caught up in like crystal mania and like pseudo hippie bullshit. You're going to show her the way. How's the witchcraft going? Uh, I have made a lot of progress this week because I was focusing on practicing for my live stream that I did last night. Yes. Uh, but I'm hoping to start reading up on it a little bit more again this weekend and uh, maybe finally set up that altar that I was talking about. Hey fans, you can go catch Eric's live stream, right? It's still on Facebook. It's still on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Eric Dano. Yeah. Or Eric Dano TX. Nice. Because <laughs> I used to live in Texas. <laughs> dude, dude, look at look at how much mine's burning. <laughs> dude, put that out. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a full flame, you guys. I wish you could see. Um, you set the house on fire, man. I know. <clears throat> Your roommates are going to get mad at you. I once had a roommate that set her house on fire. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> God, you've had such a wild roommate time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my roommate, Shane, the original trombone player from the Holophonics. Oh, yeah, I've uh, met him. This was a, uh, yeah, it was the house that you visited that one time when I was living with him. I was having a really crazy gig night. It was, uh, I was playing in that old hip hop band that I used to play with and, and Will box. was in that band too. Yeah. And uh, we had two gigs that night and I had to run home in between the gigs they were both local in Denton, but I had to switch out some equipment in between the gigs. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of time to do so. So I just run in and the house is filled with smoke and the entire kitchen is just 
burnt and blackened. Oh my god. Yeah, and Shane is standing there like everything is all fucked up, and I'm like, dude, I'm sure there's an explanation for this, but I have to drop off this amp and pick up that speaker and get to another gig, so you can tell me all about it later. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so he uh, started a grease fire and tried to put it out by splashing water no! on it. No! Yeah. Oh my god, that's incredible. So the whole kitchen like burned up... Uh, did you get and, no security deposit back on that one, I presume? Uh, we did get a little bit of a security deposit back because he basically, out of his own pocket, paid to redo all the cabinets and stuff Oof, in the kitchen. Rough. But good man. Good man for seeing it through. <laughs> that sucks. Well, I'm not gonna I'm gonna try my best to not start a fire uh with my sandalwood. Just trying to nice do a nice ambiance here. Um <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah, well, that's cool. Congrats on the live stream. Um, good stuff. I think we, d- we did a lot of great live stream talk last time, so maybe we don't need to do so uh, much this time. Yeah, no, we don't need to. No, but, uh, Hey, go check out patreon.com slash Eric Dano, uh, contribute to this man, help fund the, uh, the efforts to make some more of the best ska punk records currently being released. You can, I guess you can quote me on that. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on the new EP's release promotional materials. Nick, just quote Nick Harvey. Just Nick Harvey. It's just everyone's like, do I know Nick Harvey? That actually be really good for like like myth building for me and my my brand. Um, well, I'm gonna do it now. There you go. Uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a good week. A little bit of a of a weird week. Though, like, you ever just have like those weeks where you're just like a little bit angry, or it's just not feeling right, or you show up constantly. You do your job all the time. Yeah, every week. Every week is like that. At least some days. Yeah, you show up to do your (laughs) thing, and you're just like got a little bit of a headache. You're a little annoyed at everything. You're just like always. Why? You're just writing my biography right now, Nick. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's nice to know that you feel that way because I was having a good run where I was like feeling kind of good and I'd have ups and downs in the day, but this is the first week in a while where I've just had full days of just like, come I don't want to do it. Do you know that feeling? Just like that effort sigh where it's like I have to put in effort, but I just don't want to do it today. Yeah. Like why can't this process be automated? (sighs) Yeah. Why can't, or why can't I just have less to do? Why is this? Why, why do I have to have all these things down on my to-do list? Um, but we persevere <laughs> through our yep. hard, hard lives of virtual existence. Um, but that's good. Um, I, you know, there's always, but there's always good things that happen each week, right? Always, always. I'll quote you on that. Next time I have a week without any good things. Yeah. I know. Sometimes you have to dig deeper. Sometimes it's about like that one slice of pizza you got or whatever. Yes. It's about finding the metaphor in an unexpected place. Yeah. Um, my uh, my lungs are healing from COVID all the way. That's I good. Think. I think. I've been getting back into singing um, and it's starting to feel better. Like I rem- I'm remembering how to sing better. <laughs> Do you have cool. any... Um vocal tips or warm-ups or or do you know of any like apps or anything like that for practicing singing yeah so um there's a couple <laughs> uh, i'm chuckling because um I've, I, I've i've picked up a couple of things um 
when you pick up an app, there's an app that I uh, I picked up. Um, I saw this musician I really like post about it on Instagram, like on a Reddit AMA maybe. Uh, have you ever heard of Jeff Rosenstock? I know I just laughed when you said that because this is not something like I ever like thought about but then he he um he tweeted about this app called Vocal Ease that he uses um and it has like a bunch of vocal warm-ups in it but what I switched over which is always good I switched over there are on Spotify this is free is there's it's called Jacob's Vocal Academy oh. and they have just like they've put up just like volumes and volumes and albums and albums of different um, vocal warm-ups. Yeah, Jacob's Vocal Academy here is. Different vocal warm-ups, um, exercises, all sorts of those different things. So I, I typically, I've been starting out with breathing exercises, like breathe in, um, hold, like breathe in and out, really deep breaths, and then breathe in, breathe out, and hold for like 10 seconds. And then doing these vocal warm-up exercises. And then you know what's like really changed the game for me a little bit is doing this sort of like, I guess you could call it like melodic dictation. Um, oh, sure, yeah. Um, and they, I got this from this because, like, one of the my really bad strengths is like I have a really bad like short term memory, especially for like melodies and rhythms, which is not great for a musician. <laughs> you know, it's like if someone were to like sing to me, just like, oh, the, here's the tune, it goes like this, I couldn't like remember it and sing it right back to you yeah, it's tough it's a skill you have to practice yeah exactly so i've been like recording like first it was just five note melodies now i'm doing like 10 or 11 note melodies on the piano record them the day before and the next day i go in and then listen to it and then try to sing it back to try to like work on that skill um and then i've been working on covers cool yeah i'm gonna check out some of those uh Vocal things you mentioned, because I'm always looking for something new. There was a free app that I just downloaded called Voco. Oh. Um, it's free features are kind of lame. You have to pay for uh, like the real stuff. But there's like a 15-minute warm-up thing that I've been doing on that app uh, the past couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm, I'm out of shape in terms of singing. And uh, just, you know, a whole year without shows has done that to me. So I'm doing like a lot of core exercises too. Oh, nice. Just, I told you about just holding planks for yeah, like 10, 15 minutes a day before I do anything singing wise. <clears throat> nice. Um, hey, I have to, um, I want to give credit where credit's due, Eric, to you is that today, well, I'll tell you how this relates to you in a second. But today I realized I, um, or I weighed myself and I've lost 10 pounds since the, uh, the darkest part of COVID for me, which was around Christmas. Um, oh yeah of the whole this whole experience um which is great and um yeah i've been doing core exercises you 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 did you went on a big weight loss journey i can't remember if that we talked about it on air or off air but uh um that definitely you bumped me you pumped me up and what i want to give you credit for and i want to just share with people because i know this was not on air but we were talking about losing weight and i was talking like yeah, i'm trying to you know, like i lost like a pound this week and you said something like a pound a week is about how much you should lose. Like that's like a healthy weight amount of weight to lose, right? Isn't that what you yeah. said? Yeah, um, I think I think the like the official like health recommendation is no more than two pounds a week. One, 
is is like just right because that's theoretically a 500 calorie deficit every day mm. okay well that, that that's cool that i never didn't think about the 500 calorie uh deficit that might freak me out a little bit more because i have not i've been like eschewing calorie counting for just really trying to eat what i know is you know, like a good lesser amount um, yeah. and then ex- exercising. But just like having that in my head of, oh, yeah, like a proper amount of weight to lose is is a pound a week, like recalibrated, I think, my expectation level. You know what I mean? Because like if I set out, I set out on like January 1st to start losing weight and I was having trouble. I had to go to physical therapy and do all this stuff and rehab my my lungs with breathing exercises and, and things. But then, you know, late February, I started to be able to, to do it. But like, if you, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I've been working out for two months. Like if, but if, before that conversation, if you were to be like, where are you going to be in two months? I might've been like, oh, I'll be down. You know, you just like you make these wild assertions. And after you've been exercising for like five weeks and you're only down like three and a half pounds, it can just be like, well, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. then if you go like, oh, a pound a week, like, Oh, like I'm actually like pretty close to being on track. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know. That just helped me. I'm just sharing it with other people if, in case they're on a, a similar thing because I found it helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I lost 20 pounds over however many months it was. I forget. Um, over four months. That's wild, dude. That's a, that's a wild amount of weight. That's like 20 pounds is, is significant in my book. It was it was too much for me because I wound up losing muscle mass, okay. uh, which led to a a core injury, which I've you know talked about a little bit. But um, since the end of February, it's been almost two months now that I've really been able to start exercising better. I've now gained back seven pounds in a healthy way. Good. I'm building muscle again for the first time in forever, which is nice. Well, that's good, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just like being healthy. It's just difficult, you know, being the right kind of healthy. It's kind of like just like this added responsibility of adulthood. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's another thing you got to think about. I think if you, if you can find a way to weave it into your life and not be too like, you know, hard on yourself about it, but like, look at it. And I think that's what the pound a week really helped me with is like that long tail view which is like oh shit i got a little bit off my eating on thursday night like i had some donuts and whatever it's like oh this isn't the end of the world i gotta lose one pound this week i was great the last four days and i just ran five miles yesterday or whatever like we can the week's not long you know what i mean like it and I, i feel like it's it's like it's a long it's a long tail journey um yeah the uh the thing that really did it for me was after the last tour that we did, mm-hmm. which was January, February of 2020, I I realized that I was too tired after I would play a set. And like how physically demanding it is to like sing and play guitar in a punk rock band uh-huh. for like a half hour, 45 minutes just <laughs> at a time. And I was not feeling very good after doing that. So I got back from that tour and that's when I joined a gym for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I want to be able to, you know, play a full set and not be shitty and winded afterwards. I wanted to still feel healthy. <laughs> uh, 
and then the pandemic happened and you know everyone sort of got off track with their goals <laughs> yeah i know dude but now i'm thinking like hey we're gonna start playing shows again by the end of the year i really need to get back in shape just to be able to be on stage yeah, well, you, you, you'll get there. You're 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 a determined, hardworking guy. Yeah, and I think like singing, I think singing singing's a similar thing where it's like, okay, well, just sing every day. You build up your stamina. It's like anything, really. You just it's it's a process. It's a journey, and you get there. Um, I, I've been practicing guitar a lot more regularly too. Oh, nice. Um, and just shitty exercises, just technique stuff, like up and down the neck, across the strings, kind of stuff. Um, this is this is what those bullshit shows really come in handy for. Um, like when you're I, on tour and you play a shitty show. No, no, no. Like the TV shows, like, Oh, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Sitcoms and stuff. As yeah. we've talked about your, your watching of shit that you don't like. Yeah. It's uh it's great to practice guitar too, because, uh, shows that, so I, the show I just finished was 11 seasons of modern family. Whoa, dude. And, and that show is perfect for practicing guitar because it doesn't really have a soundtrack. So I can put a metronome on and practice just scales and stuff uh, and still watch the show like with all the attention that is required. And, I, you know, I would do that for like three, four episodes of Modern Family, just run scale technique exercises with a metronome. <laughs> Yeah, has, has it been helpful? Are you feeling good about the about all the exercises and everything? And yeah, um, you know, we talked a while ago about uh, masterclass. Oh yeah, and I got a hold of the Tom Morello guitar masterclass. Oh nice, how's that? It's total garbage. Um, <laughs> I, we, I mean, we talked about Tom Morello and Rage Against the Machine or riff rock at some point on yeah. this podcast too. Um, and it's just like there's so much bullshit in his in his master class like these are my influences and it's just dumb stupid rock and roll music and like here's how you write a riff and it's just like stupid fucking pull-offs and like i'm in drop d because that's cooler for writing riffs i'm like shut the fuck up so you have to go through <laughs> I, I was so mad at this tom morello master class video series <laughs> uh but you go through like six or seven videos and he's just like yeah so um when i was in college and i was learning to play guitar uh, I just practiced for eight hours a day, and here's what I did. Like, all right, this is what I wanted to yeah. find out. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, he was just showed a few technique exercises, and he was like, the first two hours of my practice routine every day was just playing these boring-ass technique exercises. Uh, and then I would move on to improvisation for two hours and then, you know, do whatever else for two hours. I'm like, all right, so I'm just going to focus on technique. And I've been practicing between one and two hours a day on just the technique stuff. And some of the things that he showed me, some stuff that I, I got from uh, jamplay.com. I had a, a brief subscription to that several months ago where I just basically downloaded a lot of technique exercise workbook kind of stuff. And it's perfect to set a metronome up and just play through the, these things while you're watching a TV show that does not have a soundtrack. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's cool to to know it's, yeah, just, I guess, you know, it's the hard part of about masterclass is like, who do you want to learn from someone you admire and is good at the skill, but just because they are, you admire them and they're good at it does not necessarily mean they're going to be the best teacher or teach you what you need to know to get to where you want to be, you know? Um, yeah. Like Tom Morello just spends uh, like a lot of time talking about his pedals 
And like any kid who was 15 years old and had a subscription to Guitar World magazine, I already knew all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's cool. I, I, I spent, well, so for me, I spent time in college doing a lot of guitar scales and exercises and post-college um, and learning scales like in every position and my seventh chords, major, minor, diminished, uh, seven, like dominant seven in all their different formations and stuff. And then I think recently I might've talked to you about this, but I started to go like, you know, that stuff was all good to learn. But I think what I really want is like to be able to like play more songs on command and have like a library of riffs in my head. Cause I was, and, and, and stuff I was like, okay, cause I think that's what a lot of good improvisation is, is it's like a mar it's a marriage of like knowing what you like to hear and where that is on the guitar. Like, Oh, I like how this sounds and that's here. And then because I've learned some of these scales and these chord imp improvisations, like now I know where the, those no like I know the musical context in which that lives. Right. It's like, Oh, there's this like this like blues riff. That's like this. And you're like, Oh, well I know what he's doing is bending the four up to the five and passing through the tritone. And I know that, because I've practiced my scales in all these ways, I could also play it over here and then I'll fuck with it over there. You know what I mean? Um, so my, my big, one of my big quarantine projects, which I've probably talked about has been these, um, my repertoire projects, which is I'm going back and relearning the songs I've learned throughout my life, like the guitar solos and the fun guitar songs, songs I've always wanted to learn. And I'm getting to the point where like I could sit down for like three hours and just play all 30 of these guitar songs like in a row. Um, which I guess is some cover band shit, but, uh, it's just helping me get like my Rolodex, my vocabulary and my confidence back up. And I think it's going to help as I'm, uh, inching towards like recording some more, but, uh, it's been fun to do. I, I just, yeah. I've been transcribed. I've transcribed a whole, um, Jerry Garcia guitar solo from, uh, uh, the Grateful Dead Europe 72 sugar Magnolia. <laughs> um, oh gosh. I like learned his whole, the whole solo from that it's like a three minute solo um this week and that was pretty fun and rewarding um and i feel like i feel like you know I've, i don't know about you but i think i've I, we might have talked about this but like when it comes to music and creativity and, and a lot of things in general i think what's really been fun about growing older has been sort of demystifying some of that stuff and i think like learning music like i know there's some people who don't want to learn because they want to hold the magic or the mystery. Like you've heard people say that, right? Like I don't want to know too much because like, I think my ignorance really le lends to some like ingenuity, which I don't, I don't, I know what they're talking about and maybe that works for some people. I, I've gotten it's to a very like college freshman kind of <laughs> mindset. It is. And it's, it's definitely <laughs> proven valuable and it works for a lot of people, but I, I truly believe everyone has the path to go on and what you need to express what it takes for you to express something good is different from somebody else. So if there's some people who just really need three chords and then they write and power chords and they just write awesome songs, you know what I mean? But then there's other people that need to need some more years and learning lots more about music in order to get to expressing what they need to express, right? Like think about classical composers if they, they stopped earlier. I, I don't know. Um, so I feel like for me, like, like learning, sitting down, learning of Jerry Garcia solo from Europe seventy two, like, and being able to play it. I now I know a couple of them. It kind of makes me feel like, oh, I'm qualified. 
this isn't so scary. I could do this. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, if, if that's the kind of approach that you're taking to practicing and everything right now, I would recommend the Mark Letiri, uh module on jam play. I think you can buy his whole class for like 30 bucks if you don't want to sign up for okay, I'm like the subscription. Mark Letiri on Janpiece. He's a guitar player from Snarky Puppy. Okay. Um, but I got maybe like halfway through his thing and it was really cool. I was learning a lot of new things, but, uh, as far as where my guitar practicing is right now, I know that I just really need to focus on technique stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's, it, it's not my primary instrument. Uh, it's, you know, it was definitely not my first instrument. So I am way ahead in my theory knowledge than I am in just raw technical facility on guitar. So I've been trying to catch up with just being able to play really fast and shred, you know, things that I had never really been able to do. Um, but the Mark Letiri class on jam play is really cool. It's got a lot of amazing insight. Like the first couple lessons, he just like shows you some easy things that are just like, how the hell have I never thought of it this way? Yeah, cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hope I uh, hope this. I, I'm sure we have some other musician listeners. I hope this is interesting uh, to you guys. This last 20 minutes of a, uh, of just us catching up about about craft. Um, <laughs> but maybe there's. I think I think a lot of this stuff, you know, relates. No matter what you're trying to do, is, you know, you're trying to find the right way to get to where you want to go. And I feel like it's not always a straight line. It has not been for me, on like most of the things that I've tried to do in my life. Be it losing weight. Be it career be it uh, creative passions you know what i mean like i feel like it's like you, you you try some stuff you you go down a road and then it sort of works then you pivot and then you keep you know what i mean like and being like yeah. i want to be a good guitar player it's like okay well i'll try doing scales for a while uh oh i'm gonna take jazz guitar lessons which i did for a couple of years and then i was like i don't know if this is the right way okay i'm gonna go learn how to play blues solos oh i guess i don't care about blues as much as i thought i did okay well then i'm gonna you know what i mean um Everything takes practice. Yeah. And just keep, I guess, just keeping going and finding new ways to, to do it. Yeah. It's, it's tough because today's economy <laughs> expects someone to be good at something before they're valuable at it. But learning to be good at something is valuable in and of itself. Yeah. It's just, true. The thing is, it just requires time for that to happen. No one has time anymore. Time in this economy? <laughs> I know. I wish we could just go to the land of ooh, where it seems like the, the there is actually like really isn't really an economy, right? I don't know how you get goods and services and possessions in the land of ooh. I know, right? It seems like like some people are rich. And some people are poor, right? Like those tropes exist. Like they, they right? exist, like, but no one, no one seems so. No one's like destitute. No one's homeless, right? Most people, I don't know. I, I'm I'm generalizing at this point, but there are you know there are people who work for other people. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's probably one of those things to best not think about. Maybe. <laughs> It's like there the is economics an of the land of Ooh. There is an economy. There is a political structure. There is almost like a caste system. Like there's these things that exist when it's significant for the character or the or the the, the episode or something, right? 
yeah, it's malleable. It's malleable, depending on the narrative. I, you know, we've we've talked about some of these different books that exist. I'm sure I would I should really consult some of these or some of these authorities. You know, um, and if you're one of those and you're listening, hit us up. Did you see the mail at gmail.com? We'd love to have you on, um, and really just break this down. Um, yeah, I'm on. Um, do you want to talk about this episode? <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. The Jiggler. The Jiggler. The season one episode. It is the earliest episode in the production run that we have yet to view on Adventure Guys, the podcast. And right away, you can hear Finn's voice being way younger. Yes, I noticed that too. It was the very first thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, Jeremy. Jeremy Shada was... Just uh, a young spring chicken. I think this is his first voice acting role. Did you know that Jeremy Shade's older brother was the voice of Finn for the pilot that they did with Nickelodeon? No way. Yeah. and That's, that's sev- very interesting. Right. So several years passed between the pilot and the production of the actual series on Cartoon Network. And by that time, I guess his brother had grown up too much. They wanted a younger kid, so they just got his brother. <laughs> and and it went on to run for, you know, 10 seasons, and uh, Jeremy Shada is somewhat of a personality now. I think he's got, like, a YouTube channel, and he's in a pop-punk band. <laughs> wow. Very interesting to me. I, I, this is great. We should... We should you, think, you think maybe we should, like, put this at the front of the episode? Like that's such a great tidbit. It's gonna get lost in twenty minutes of, of music online course talk. But uh, <laughs> that's that's a mind blower to me. I love that piece of information. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's no, that that's that's good, Eric. Don't downplay it. Um, I wonder. I wonder what the the turning point where you can hear his voice change is in the series. We, are we sh- sure you could just Google that and find out. I I for the longest time I it escape me where that happened in Steven Universe, but you can actually tell uh where Zach Callison's voice changes. It's after uh Mirror Gem Ocean Gem. I think the first episode with his new voice after he goes through puberty is uh like season one, episode twenty seven. Oh wow. That's kinda early. Yeah. Um wow, very, very interesting. Yeah, so you can really hear it in, in this in this episode, uh, but it's still fun. Um, it, it almost makes the the dichotomy between the Jake voice and the Finn voice even more noticeable. Where like this is a grown man hanging out with a little kid. Yeah, there's there's a lot of first season hallmarks in this episode that just serve the absurdity of it all. Yeah, and also, you know, it's not too concerned with lore or any of that stuff yet it's and it's like almost sort of a, a more classic kind of cartoon episode they, they are subverting it like they always are gonna on adventure time but this is sort of like a more classic kind of cartoon episode right where it's like there's there's a lot of over-the-top cartoon antics yeah. in this episode and honestly i remembered not liking yeah you this said episode. that you said that at the end of the last episode and on my watch through earlier today i was like how the hell did i not like this before this episode is great it is so just full tilt the entire time yeah just going so crazy uh in in a very cartoony kind of way and i guess now i have a better appreciation for that 
having reviewed very lore-heavy story-central episodes throughout the course mm-hmm. of this podcast. But it was refreshing to just watch an early episode that was just balls to the wall the whole time. Yeah, and I think like we've talked about, like especially now, if any anyone who's going to watch the show for the first time or rewatch, the first season, while enjoyable could be a little bit hard because you're just going to be like, come on, let's get to the good shit. Like, let's get, I want to keep going when it gets deeper. You know what I mean? And then an episode like this will come and you'll be like, all right, this is fun, but I, I want to get to like what really happens. But I feel like in the way we're watching it, it's giving us like a really unique experience where we can enjoy these episodes that are a little bit more nonsensical and just one off. Yeah. Especially after watching Betty last week, which was a very dense, very narrative driven episode. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to just, get transported back in time to this wild (laughs) totally and like last week with betty like each piece of dialogue like because you know they're only 11 minute episodes each piece of dialogue means something you need to hear it you need to be focused and this like this is great too it's it's packed chock full of jokes and weirdness and like and funny things you know um but it's like you can it's it's not as dense yeah it seems like they were starting to figure out some of the little trademark things about the show and just putting a lot of it in. And as time went on, some of it stuck, some of it stuck a little bit more than other parts. Uh, but there's a lot of weird nonsense words. Jake says slam a cow in this episode, which is a good one. Oh, yeah. uh, there's Finn singing via auto tune. Yeah. Uh, which I, want to I talk think about. it's the, the first time that uh, the auto tune singing makes an appearance in the show. And there's actually kind of a lot of it in early seasons, but it doesn't, pop up that much as the show goes on well okay wait let's talk about let's talk about the auto-tune singing because i do want to talk about this and i i did some googling while we were watching it and so this episode came out in 2010 right yeah that was first season 2010 um so i guess what i want to just highlight is the context like of the of the current cultural landscape in which the auto-tune is being used because 2010 is very early still in the pop and like the use of this overt uh, auto-tune. Like um, I looked it up and okay. So like T-Pain's big album where he's, cause he's like kind of, you know, a big auto-tune guy comes out yeah. in 2008, um, 808 and Harp, And so that's like the big pop version of it. 808 and Heartbreaks by Kanye West comes out in 2008. And that's like, you know, the more artistic version, but he's singing it out of tune. And then um, Bonnie Vare's Blood Bank EP, which is where, you know, it's this formerly like singer songwriter guy who's like the like cornerstone authenticity of quote unquote real music. You know what I mean? For like snobby <laughs> white people at the time. He, he pulls up on his EP right after that album that he recorded in the woods with acoustic guitar and lays down a song that's all in auto-tune which is like totally kind of like a really ballsy move but pays off because kanye west hears it and samples it and then invites him to co-write in his next like four albums or some shit yeah yeah but all i'm saying is is that it's still kind of early and at this point i feel like people use auto-tune tune and it's like fine like people can you can use it in almost any context now and if you do it in the right way i feel like most audiences are akin to it but back in 2010 it was still and i i i you know 
it was still divisive. It was still something you could do and people would go, oh, why do you have to use auto-tune? I don't like when people use auto-tune. You know what I mean? Like this is like in the, this is like Mumford and Sons is like the big rock band at the time um, that's cu- that's yeah. exploding in 2010. Like, like the folk rock revival, the folk revival is happening. Like Lumineers are about to hit. So I think- And this episode was actually being produced in 2009. Right. So yeah. So, I guess what I thought was really cool was I was like, oh, this is like really forward thinking and fun and tapping it like because the show is forward thinking. But to like have your cartoon character sing an auto tune is such like a current decision to make because someone singing an auto tune like that had only been around for like a year. And usually by the time it's going to find its way into like a commercially like produced cartoon by a corporation, you're years down the line. Right. It's like, yeah. like right now is like, there's probably people singing uh, in auto tune in commercials, right? Like that's the point of ubiquity it's hit. But in 2009, you're really early and you're, it's a ballsy decision. You're setting yourself apart being like, no, we're a part. It's like almost like we're a part of contemporary culture. This is something that new people are doing. It's fun. It's subversive. It's something that kids will get and in tune people will get, but like older parents might go off. It's also highlighting the like the fun, silly quality of singing an auto tune like that has that um, kind of T-Pain maybe got into, especially once he was like with the Lonely Island. But like, it's cool. I, I don't know. I just I thought I found it a ballsy choice to do, but also a very interesting and ultimately like telling decision to do, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I totally did not even think about its cultural context in, in the history of where music was at that point, but that's totally right. And it's, it's also worth noting that it's not even just a pure auto tune sound. It's a little bit more of a complex tone. Like I think there's a light harmonizer on yeah. there. Uh, the formants messed up a little bit. Like it's an interesting auto tune tone. It's not the generic version of it also, which is it's so interesting considering, yeah, they were doing this in 2009, wherever the, the sound engineer mixing that was like putting a lot of work to make that happen. Yeah. It's not, you know, I think, yeah, like at that point, if you wanted something like that to happen, you had to have some ingenuity. There wasn't just like a stock harmonizer plug in. Oh, I'll throw that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, I was uh, another animated show. I just watched Invincible on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um one of the characters speaks in autotune, the pure autotune sound, and it's set to chromatic. Yeah. Um, and it's like, sometimes it's just hard to understand what he's saying. It's just like a, a robot guy, and he just, that's that's the voice. And I was like, this is such a generic choice. Yeah. Like, why would you do this? Why wouldn't you make it just a little bit more interesting than the pure autotune chromatic setting with no other alteration? Like, and this was just a couple of weeks ago that I was having this thought process be like, man, what a generic, boring, like voice acting choice to make in this really amazing animated show. Like, uh, like there, right. there's a lot of really cool things that happen. And I zeroed in on that as a boring, one of the very few boring generic elements of an amazing TV show. And then I just watched this Adventure Time episode and I didn't even fully appreciate how amazing Finn's auto-tune voice was. <laughs> oh, there you go. And I, I thought it was important to bring this up too because if if you're if you've never watched the show and you hear he's going to sing an auto-tune, it's sort of just like, you know, du jour. Like 
You go on TikTok now, there's literally like a filter that anyone can sing. You just sing into your phone and then it makes it into that auto tune that Finn has where it's like chromatic and all fucked up. And it's like there there's literally millions of videos of people doing it now. But like I just want to point out that doing this 11 years ago was very forward thinking, subversive current like ahead of the curve which i think is what attracted a lot of people early on fans like to a show like this like you see someone that you're like what they're the characters singing in autotune like that's so <laughs> awesome and weird and crazy um <laughs> and i and i love that and i i you know i just think that sometimes the context in which these things exist can get lost over time um but i think even with the current context it's still pretty fun um stuff um yeah, so they they go and they're singing in auto tune because they are bringing back from like a fiery castle a watermelon and a bunch of fruits to their house. Which the watermelon's name Stanley, and apparently he gets into a whole lot of trouble um, for a watermelon. And and this, what makes this so <laughs> remarkable is that this is not in like an anthropomorphized anthropomorphic watermelon. It's just like a regular watermelon that's a little bit dirty and shows no signs of life. Yeah, this uh, this was not something that I stopped to think about very much. I just was like, all right, this is this is where we're going. Just accept it, uh, and it moves on pretty quickly. Yep. Doesn't really explain much of it. Uh, we just get this watermelon that needed Stan- some help. Stanley, Finn and Jake were there. Stanley, and 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 from there they go and they find this little guy who's uh, once sing he's you know he's singing this song in auto tune, and they're whistling it. Cause Jake's whistling because it's so damn catchy, and then. Some little almost robot looking sort of guy, kind of like uh, what was the thing? Oh, BB-8. It kind of looks like BB-8, where it's like <laughs> two of these like yeah. circles on top of each other, um, and he's whistling the tune, and then they're like, "Oh, this guy's awesome!" And they nickname him the Jiggler after he kind of like jiggles Jake's butt a little bit, right? Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like a fun guy who's into dancing and and uh and singing, and he's like a little like a little robot and they're like, let basically they're like, let's take this wild animal or person or robot or whatever the fuck home. And it'll be our new pet. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of easy to see what's like where the episode is heading at that point. It's like, Oh, they're going to take this, this wild animal thing home. Yeah. And it doesn't belong there. It belongs wherever it came from. And you know, bad things are going to happen because of that. But it's so bizarre the hijinks that incur at yeah, their treehouse. Yeah, and they, they they get back to the treehouse and they're there. And the first thing Finn needs to do is he takes his toothbrush and splits it down the middle. So amazing, yeah, amazing. This is great. So that he, I love this. So that so that the jiggler can brush his teeth too, and then he teaches the the thing how to brush its teeth. And, and you know, it's like. Uh, it seems like it's afternoon, like two o'clock or something, and they're just brushing their teeth. And Jake's like, "All right, enough hygiene. Let's get to it." And like, let's get to what we they they didn't they didn't tell us what they're there to do. It just seemed like he was going to come home with them. They they were excited to wake up next him morning. But what they really want to do is jiggle. They want to dance some more. And he puts on a record, like a vinyl LP, and they get to jiggling. <laughs> they're dancing. They're in a Congo line. Congo line. Um, the jiggler guy has some really funny, weird dances that then they all can get in on. Um, and they dance the day away. Well, until, until they're just so tired, right? Like Jake is like falling asleep 
uh, in the, the kitchen common area. And they're like, all right, it's time to go to sleep. Finn gives the jiggler his bed so he can get some real rest. And, um, and they have the night. I noticed it was weird that Finn was not sleeping in his weird little sleeping bag. Oh yeah, he had a he had like a full size like like a full bed. <laughs> well, I think he just well he gave um, the jiggler the bed, but then he just went to sleep like still wearing his backpack and regular clothes, just on the end of the bed. Yeah, yeah, and and then they come downstairs. Jake's making his tea. And Finn's like, all right, let's get back to partying again. Like, he just wants to keep that whole the, the conga line going. And the jiggler is just totally zonked. <clears throat> like, he's and he's positioned on top of the couch, um, lying there. And, you know, he, he basically looks kind of hungover. Like, if you were to just see him, um, like from a heavy <laughs> night of drinking or something, or maybe he's partied <laughs> out, even though no alcohol was had. Um and he's just sick and he's tired and they're like, wait, what? So they're like, maybe we got to give him food, right? Isn't that the first thing that they think of? And they, um, yeah, they're trying to feed him. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Finn takes, they don't know what food he, he, he eats. eats. So Finn takes some grape things out of his backpack, which Jake is like, uh, grapes. He's like, yeah. And they feed him one and then he spazzes out into, and it's like in these different shapes and different colors. And then all of a sudden, like out of his one of his different holes, because he's got holes over his body, and <laughs> is just shooting out pieces of the grape. And they're like, "Wait, what?" Um, and then um, the the jiggler starts like shooting out this weird like purple goop out of it, and they're like, "What are we?" They try to plug it up a whole bunch of ways, and uh, the, the Finn's like, "Hey, go get your eye patch collection, Jake." And he goes and gets to, to plug up his holes. He goes, I, don't, I see your fake eye collection. And they put they put all these weird things like in there. And uh, <laughs> they think it's going to work. And obviously it's not. And then it explodes. The jiggler explodes. And he, he unravels. And now it's, look, this, it's literally like a little robot. But now he's like laughy taffied all over the the treehouse. And it's like hundreds of, hundreds of feet long. Yeah, he's in the floorboards. He's in the cabinets. So, so then they're like, oh, let's pick him up. And they pick him up and then they smush him all together. And he's just like this weird blob. It's back together. And uh, yeah, it's just over the top cartoon hijinks. And, and now Finn trying to so- trying to solve him kisses him a whole bunch of times. And Jake is like, <laughs> dude, that's weird. Stop. What are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I just want him to feel better. Like he's trying to show him affection. And uh, and then the jiggler starts kissing the air. Then he turns on his stomach. And starts kissing in different colors. And Finn's like, he's using his last bit of energy to kiss in different colors. But what he's doing with these kissing in different colors is making a painting. And the painting is a painting of his mother inside of this cave next to Stanley the Watermelon's house. And Jake pieces it together and is like, look, that must be its mom. Like, we need to bring it back to where it, where it's from. And they're like, there's no time to waste. So they bring, <laughs> they bring it back there. Um... And then they try to bring it back, and the mom is a huge version of the Jiggler. And then immediately, as they bring the kid back, is like, no way, Jose, I don't want this thing. And turns into, like, again, kind of like Jiggler did before, and, like, morphs into these, like, these weird demonic shapes and is flashing in neon colors. And is basically, like, get out of here, like, attacking them. And I think that Jake figures out it's because the baby doesn't smell right because it lost all of its juice because underneath the mom is this weird pond of all that 
purple juice. And it's all these little cute little baby jigglers are just having the time of their lives, just dancing and being kids in it, frolicking in it. Um, so they're like, they can't smell it. This is like a wild animal. We got to get them in, in the pond. Yeah. So Finn hurls the jiggler across the cave into hundreds <laughs> in, of feet to the slime. <laughs> and then, and then the baby sees it and they're good. You know, it really does make you think like, what's the rest of the life of these little guys going to be like, they can't go that far from their mom. Like, will they ever be able to like, um, that's what I was thinking, but I don't think we ever check in on them ever again, ever again, episode six and then nothing for 283 more episodes. Um, but super, super fun, uh, super fun app. And it kind of just like ends there. Um, I thought that was a really, it was a really fun, funny app, weird app. Like you were saying. Yeah. It's really confusing in the beginning of the show, I guess, because it it, do, it doesn't really do anything to establish what Adventure Time is. Like, episode six is just the sixth different thing that has happened on the show at that point. Like, there's not really any work establishing a canon at that point yet. It's just a bunch of random shit, um, which, you know, I remember as being frustrating on my first watch through, but I loved it. I loved it. Me too. Um, great episode. Great episode. Did you see the snail? Yeah, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? Yep, I saw the snail. Hell yeah! Woo! Dude, this snail was pretty borked up this episode. Big, big snail right in like in the frame. Super easy. Did you notice how freaking weird he looked? Not really? What? Dude, this snail was different. Really? And I see it on the on the wiki page that like, yeah, this snail looks different than all the other snails. All right, I'm going to pull that up. What, what, how does he look <laughs> different? Explain it, please. He's definitely bigger and he's got like a weird shaped head with eyes and stuff. It's like it. Didn't feel right. It was like Uncanny Valley snail. <laughs> Interesting. Like his wave was at a different rate or something. It's like I knew it was the snail, but I knew it was wrong. 
Weird. I'm, I'm I'm pulling up the photo. Yeah, dude. So so odd. So weird. Um. Oh, you're beyond the <laughs> wiki. Let's let's get into some miscellaneous mania. I don't got a whole lot that hasn't already been said. Yeah, we, uh, it's the first episode with auto-tune voice. It is the first episode where Finn doesn't use a sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> the snail has a different appearance in this episode. That's what I'm getting here. Yeah. Very, you know, some interesting, great, good early app. It doesn't seem too, um, too significant for the future. Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, that doesn't always have to be a lot of miscellaneous. Mania. I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with the storyboard artists for this episode: Luther McLaurin and Armin Mirzayan. I uh, don't remember seeing their names on later seasons, so maybe they were just on board for the uh, the beginning of the show. Yeah, maybe. Or may or maybe I'm totally wrong, and I've been omitting credit for them for a very long time but i don't know much about them well hey i didn't know a lot about okay here we go um luther look worked on a bunch four it looks like four season one episodes henchman business time the jiggler yep all season one eps and it looks like that was it and armin same and he did all Armin's was also with he did his episodes with Luther. Oh, oh yeah, it looks like Armin Mirzayan passed away in 2013. Yeah, in a in a in a car in a car accident, and then uh, yeah, they they uh, they did a video. They did one of the episodes in the later season it was a tribute to him. Oh, that's a bummer. What was the tribute to him? Shush. Yes. Which is season five, episode 20. Wow. Well, we'll keep going on. We salute you, Armin and Luther. Um, Yeah, it's cool. Should we uh, we pick an episode for next week? What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? What do we get? Season 10, episode 4, Bonnabelle Bubblegum. All right. That's episode 270. We're all the way at the end of the series. Wow. Well, it sounds like a, it's, a, it's a significant one, right? Probably all the episodes in the last season are pretty significant. Yeah. They wrap up a lot of storylines. Uh, I'm assuming this is... Yeah, this is the one that goes back to the a lot of the creation of uh, Kenny Kingdom and stuff. Yeah, I think she talks talks about where she makes her relatives, her extended yeah. family, probably. Yeah, it's, it's some some more heavy episode. More heavy, some wild stuff. Um, yeah. So, so I, yeah, you know, great episode, great week. Um, we got some new yeah. Shout out, people. We got some backers that are backing the uh, the anchor. You know, if you 
Anchor's got a cool Patreon-like sort of um, feature where you can give us, you know, a buck each month, and we're going to throw that money directly back into the podcast, and we're we're coming up with some fun ideas for that. Uh, do you want to give a shout out to our our backers, Eric? Yeah, thank you, Jacob and David, for backing us on Anchor. Yeah, our friends. Hey, do you want to do a real quick? Did you see the mail? Sure. A real time. Did you see the mail? This email just came in. Oh, holy shit! Yes, go. Mail. Mail. All right, from our good friend Wilson. Oh boy, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Wilson just sent us this email right now. It says, "Hey fellow humans, I can't believe I've been enjoying your podcast for over a year already. Happy anniversary." You know what, Wilson? I can't believe it either because I I don't think that's true. <laughs> Is that true? It's not true. We started this podcast in August of 2020. It's currently April of 2021. We haven't been on the air for a year. No, but I do know what he's getting. I think spiritually, this whole podcast has existed in COVID times, right? So I bet, you know, if you've been listening, we've been doing this for a lot of weeks, though. We've been doing it for over half a year, like the better part of a year. And so if, and this is, I know Wilson's been listening to us along the way, so I'm sure to him it feels like, oh, this is yeah. something in COVID. So I get where he's coming from. Wilson's a lifer. He's a lifer. And I love that all, about him. To all of our lifers, thank you for, for listening. Um, and thank you for the happy anniversary wish, Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk to you. We'll get back to your email. We'll get back to you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Did you see the mail at gmail.com? Uh, we just love talking to him people who are enjoying the show. It's been really gratifying to hear from people. Um, find us on socials. If you don't want to give us a buck on, on uh, anchor.com slash adventure guys podcast, you could write us a nice review on Apple. That, that helps us. Um, yeah. Like, and subscribe and all the internet buzzwords, please. Yes. We're, we're tech bros now. <laughs> <laughs> give us that synergy, baby. Um, cool. <laughs> Well, it's great, great talking to y'all again. Great talking to you, Eric. We'll we'll see you this same time next week. All right, peace out, y'all. Bye.